Greetings and welcome to the show. My name is Maggie Cavanaugh and I have a co-host today. I have Antonio, the artist, back with me today. Antonio, thank you for being here. I'm excited. Number two, I'm, number two. Yes, yes, number two. And we're doing a, a little short series, if you will, on talking about connection. And I called it the connection chat for a reason because Antonio and I, uh, we, we believe that being connected to the Holy Spirit is the true source of connecting with those around us, whether uh, they're in our sphere of influence or whether they're complete strangers on the street, wherever we go, we are making connections for the sake of the gospel. And so today we're talking about how do we influence the culture outside of us? How do we reach people that are not like us? And you can look at Antonio and I and tell there's a little bit of age between the two of us, right? He represents the younger generation, I represent the older generation, right? <laughs> so Antonio, for the audience, how old are you? I'm 30. 30, okay. Yeah. So he's still at that age where he's cool, okay? <laughs> I, I'm in the gray age where I'm, I got wisdom, whatever. It's all the Maggie's same. Maggie's <laughs> still cool. Maggie is still cool. <laughs> yes, we're cool. We're cool and we're relevant and we're wisdom seeking yes. because we go to the true source for everything that we do. Yes. And so Antonio it's so great to have you back. And I'm Thank so you. thankful that you're doing this with me because I believe that there are people out there every day that are hurting. And I think that, you know, before the broadcast, we talked about when we don't know what to do, we tend to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And we're speaking to you all that are Christians today. We're speaking yeah. to those of you that are that are Christ followers that want to reach people for the sake of the gospel, but you don't know how to relate because maybe like me, you got gray hair and you're like, well, they got pink hair, you know, or you're like, you know, there's that whole generational gap. There's that whole denominational gap, if you will. You don't know what they're exposed to and so forth. And you made a really good point before we came on here about how to connect with them. So how do you go about it, Antonio? You are in a lot of different spheres of people, different people Indeed. types. I know you live in the Orlando area. Yep. And because I lived there, I know how diverse it is. Yes. And so yeah, you yeah. got a lot of different cultures within cultures, right? Yes. So what do you, how do you reach different, let's, we'll start with different cultures and then we'll talk about today's culture as a whole. Sure. Okay? Sure. So, how do you I, so just some background. So for the past 10 years, um, I've been, it's been 11 years since I've been walking with the Lord, but for the past 10 years, I've been able to do creative missions, which is pretty much taking any creative gift, using it for the gospel, using it to connect with people and showing the church how you can go out into those different spheres and start a conversation that could lead to God moving. So um, that being said, I think the number one blessing of being part of a creative ministry, which I've been part of Evoke Ministries for um, the entire time. We are creative evangelism ministry. And the number one thing I always thank them for is that they exposed me to sphere after sphere after sphere after person after person after person. And it was like a never ending spectrum of people, um, both in the church and out of the church that I had to learn to talk to. So one of my biggest prayers was, God, I want to be a linguist. You know, I want to speak every language. And he's like, I will make you speak. I will help you to speak every language. You will speak the language of hearts. And oh. so no matter where I am, if I can learn the heart of a person, then I can speak to them. And I think the number one advice towards how do you connect with someone is really see people's hearts. I think mm -hmm. oftentimes we hear their words. We see their actions. We see the look on their face. 
and we assume the conversation without actually figuring out and even asking the Holy Spirit what is in their heart. And I think wow. that is that's that's the realm that Jesus was speaking from. He was always speaking to the hearts of men. And um, and so that's my number one advice of uh, how do you connect with any culture is get to know their hearts. And um, and that could be the heart of an entire culture. That could be in a, the heart of an entire idea or it could be the heart of one person. So you really it's good to ask questions, not only to people, but to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've I've looked at groups of people and say, okay, let's look at the culture of gangs. And God, I want to know where it came from. How did it start? What hurt was it that birthed that kind of movement? Um, right. It's a very strong movement. It's a very, um, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, um, it's got a lot of administration behind it. Like, you know, like, like it's very structured. It's a very structured movement. It's a very, um, uh, it, it, it's a captivating movement. How did it begin? Where did it come from? What was the the heart behind it and the broken heart behind it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you ask those questions and God gives you revelation and he reveals it in his word. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can see. I can see what you're talking about. So for me, I love questions. I love asking Holy Spirit. I love asking people. If I don't know something, I won't act like I do. I'm okay with being <laughs> ignorant. Teach me educate me but i will always filter it through what i know of jesus through the word and that's that's what you're talking about too is holy spirit led connection i think Mm -hmm. also sometimes we leave holy spirit out because we're afraid that he'll be too religious but that's us we're too religious he knows how to connect with people because he created us Wow. Wow. That is powerful, powerful, powerful. So whenever we are dealing with people, let's take the gang since you brought that up. And you're right. That is definitely, that was birthed. I believe personally, it was birthed from a fatherless generation of deep wounds as a result of just wanting a family structure and the enemy used brokenness to uh, form a, a, um, basically a counterfeit family. Correct. Yeah. And we see that a lot in a lot of cultures where there is a culture like the family, you know, the family is the strongest, you know, vessel of um, relationships next to your relationship with God. And, you know, it's like the the covenant within marriage and then your children and, and so forth. And then when we see something like gang activity, we don't want to wrap our brain around it, but that basically is the counterfeit effect. So how would you, Antonio, and I'm sure you probably had the opportunity to, to minister to God. I know I have. Yeah. So I'll tell you one little secret that I have found that works really good with ministering to gang people is they, they may have big father wounds, but they're mama boys. Okay? <laughs> and you talk about their mamas so and they start to melt like jelly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know, yes. they, you get to the mama thing. So yes. how do you approach gang members, Antonio? Funny enough, they, they even have a fear of God to some point. Yes. Like, you know, it's so <laughs> funny how, how many of them wear their cross around their neck or they carry their Bible with them. They they do have. So I did a lot of work in Paramore um, for about a year. And then aside from that, in Colombia, you meet a lot of gang members. And I, I remember in Colombia, we were ministering to a guy who was trying to rob my friend. And so we were like, why don't we just give you what, what you're trying to rob? You know, like we can give it to you as a gift. And so the guy was trying to steal a watch. And so my friend was, why don't we just give you the watch and it'll be a gift for you? And he didn't know what to do with that. And so um, 
so he like walked away. He didn't understand. And then again, we were doing a mural in a, a same neighborhood and the, the head of the gang came, the gun dealer and like the assassinator, like it was like three crazy people. They came over and they're like, what are you doing here? And we're like, oh, we're just writing Esperanza on the wall, which means hope. And uh, we just want to minister hope to your, to your culture and your, your neighborhood. And, um, and you, you speak it over their families, their, their siblings, their, like you said, their mother. And it's like, you find what is it that they honor? Because clearly yeah. they, they've gone deep into these things because they need to provide for their family. Maybe their government isn't helping or maybe the odds are not helping, but they're like, the only thing I can do for my family is kill, steal and destroy. And that seems like the only option. And, um, and so these guys, they kept coming by. And, uh, and I remember, again, my friend was like, I would love to gift you, you know, what you're asking for. And he's like, I used to hate people and now I love them. Can I tell you why? And mm -hmm. this was the conversation because they, they've come to the point where they hate everybody outside of their little circle. And right. uh, every, you know, it, it becomes like a victim mentality of I have to provide, I have to do this. This is my only option. This is what the world has brought me to. And I'm like, no, like, you know, you, there's, there's other options out there. But um, when I talk to them, I know I keep scrambling. I'm like, I'm trying to remember all these no, things. No, this is good. This is but, good. But uh, when I picked the Lord's brain, he said they do want community. And not only that, if a church desires to go after gang members and they themselves don't have good community, they will not keep the gang members, even That's the right. ones who get transformed. Um, they will mm -hmm. end up finding their ways back to the streets because what they're yearning for is strong community um, and, and stable and uh, unmoving community. And so I just encourage people, okay, whatever culture you're going after, be ready to be the one who's, who's the hands and feet to provide the solution as well. You know, same thing with the gay community. The gay community loves uh, uh, an acceptance. They love to be held. They love, um, they love family you know, and they're all being rejected and they end up finding each other. And so it's the same thing, you know, it's like, it's, it comes back to the family. And I remember praying for the gay community and the Lord said, um, he said, stop praying for the gay community and start praying for fatherhood to be restored because through fatherhood being restored, many sins will be wiped. And, uh, and he was saying, that's why I came. And Jesus said, my, our father, you know, like he represented our father um, he came as father, not as God, not as Lord. Like, he's like, remember me as father because that will wipe away so many sins of this world. And so getting to know the culture, uh, ministering to people in gangs, they want good community and they don't believe right away that they will get it from you because you're just another good guy who just wants to do a good thing and you're going to be gone in a matter of time. And so the mm -hmm. only way to win people who are who are in false community is to present better community, which is a hard practice. That's wow. hard. So many people have church hurt and um, it's because the church needs to practice community better. Wow, that is so good, Antonio. You you said so much in a short period of time. I want to piggyback on a few things. The one thing about community, we know that we heal in community. God created us to be relational. That's why He wants to you know relate with us, but He also wants us to have community. And um, I remember a story where a young man had came out of the gang lifestyle, and because he did not have that in the in the local church, 
he ended up going back. He started pulling back slowly, quit going to midweek service, quit going to Sunday night service. And then all of a sudden he was gone on Sundays and the pastor asked him, he's seen him and he said, where you been, man? And he's like, you know, when I came, when I became a Christian and I became born again, I thought that meant that, you know, there was God, the father, and I was going to have all these brothers and sisters. Wow. And I was going to have all these people to encourage me and support me. And he goes, and I found that they, all they do is fight. Mm. And he went back to his old lifestyle. How heartbreaking to father God for us to drop the ball on this poor young man, you yeah. know? And so, I mean, I didn't know him personally, you know, but there are so many times that religious mindsets are like, oh, that guy, he still smells of cigarettes because he's gotten set free from drugs, but he's still bound up with this, this, you know, legal one or whatever. And they get these strongholds. Interestingly enough, last night I was watching this movie and uh, it was based on the book of Ecclesiastics and the, some, this woman, I, I don't want to give away the story in case anyone at, at, watches it, but there was a, a preacher that was murdered. You know, the whole thing was like, who killed the preacher? Right. And but the preacher was bound up with all kinds of stuff, but it kicked someone out of the church because of their wow. bondage. And I'm like, and it is so represented how the brokenness uh, and the church really needs to do better when it comes yeah. to ministering to these cultures. And you said something else in regards to they see us as oh, they're just some other goody-goody trying to feel good about themselves and stuff. Listen, whenever we approach it with, oh, here's the check in the checkbox. I went on the mission trip, you know, uh, instead of here I am, God, use me. How can I serve this person? We do a misservice and they've seen so much of that. So when the authentic comes and they're saying things like, let me gift you with this, they're going, Huh? I think it confuses the demonic, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? You yeah. know? So, okay. So Columbia, so you've been all over the world, right? Yeah. And so uh, where has been your, your, where you feel like God used you the most in evangelistic work, reaching cultures, where would that have been? What, what country, what place was setting? Or I, you, I, I definitely saw the most amount of uh, growth in Colombia. I learned everything it felt like i felt like columbia trains me you know I, but okay. it's also because i've been there i've been there 18 times um and wow. over a span of seven years and um and every trip was different and so it's it's like every time it felt like the culture changed and every time my purpose and my assignment was different and so i learned so much once again because i kept exposing myself to new scenarios that needed new solutions. And, and I think there's times when you only have a moment, which it's, what's really cool is when I was being discipled, we were trained. How do you share your testimony in 30 seconds? How do you share it in two minutes? And how do you share it in 10 minutes? How do you take an hour? You know, and point being that every opportunity is gonna look different. Sometimes you do have life to live with someone and you can walk with them. And yes. other times you only have 30 seconds. Other times mm -hmm. you can sit down and, and give a nugget and that's your authentic authenticity at its finest. You know, that's as far as it'll go. And and we can't shame ourselves for any of those. You just have to know how to handle that person's heart with the time you have. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I've definitely, Colombia is definitely where I've seen most under the sun, where I can look back and be like, seen that, seen that. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it grew me for sure. 
I love how the Lord used that to train you uh, and so forth. And I love how they trained you in sharing your story. You know, uh, the church can learn a lot from the business world. Right. Yes. And so so that concept is from your like your elevator speech. Right. Exactly. Like if you're in business, be able to tell someone from the top, from the bottom to the elevator. And when we can do that authentically, uh, people respect that mm-hmm. and they they know that we are not in a place of uh, people pleasing. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that already gives them permission. We've been open. That gives them permission to open up and share. Uh, you know, I have people share things to me and the daggone line at Walmart or something, you know, and it's like and, and I know that, you know, the, the the counselor piece that the Lord had given me, you know, long before I had my training. But they'll just open up and they'll tell me things. And, and I'm like. I, I used to be like, oh, why, why do these random people tell me things? And he said, because you walk in authenticity. Right. And and they recognize that. Yeah. And so I think that if we're talking about how to reach the next culture, I think being real yes. and authentic uh, and to the point where it impacts the culture around us, we create that atmosphere. Correct. Correct. And so forth. So sharing your testimony in 30 seconds, 10 minutes, an hour, that's impactful. So is your number one method, if like, say, for example, if you were to go out tonight in the Orlando area, what would be your number one go to? Obviously, you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, of course. Know, yeah, what, I think and and I think we have to know that the Holy Spirit with, is with us at all times, be ready in season and out of season. So you don't always have an opportunity to pray. Something just happens. I think okay, as I'm making myself available and maybe I have in mind evangelism, I know that pure evangelism is the gospel, right? Like it's like, it's not even my story. It's I want to share with people about Jesus and that could be an intentional day of evangelism. But if you're out with your family and, uh, and, and I think it's just connecting human to human, life to life, family to family, and just kind of finding common ground with somebody and looking for an open door even if the open door never comes, then it never comes. But you're always looking, you're always anticipating, you're always waiting for those little moments that maybe the Lord has predestined or, or you know, those divine appointments. Um, some of them are very obvious. And as a practiced believer and as someone who has been through it enough times, you'll recognize, okay, this was a setup by God. They may not know that, but you can make it known and then you can push a little further. And so it's really about, becoming acquainted with how God does things through you specifically, Mm -hmm. like how does God work through Maggie? Is it her story? Mm -hmm. Is it today? Is it the devotion she had this morning? You know, it's like, what does he want to do today? I mean, it's different for me. That's the point. It's different every time. But what is the same is that Holy Spirit is present. He always wants to speak. He always wants to be with you. Um, and the more you make yourself available, the more he uses you. Wow. That's so true. So true. And it is that being in and out of season because you never know what journey the Lord's going to take you on. Correct. And whenever we put God in a box on how he's going to reach humanity, uh, we do not only, we are playing God, you know, you know, and that is a, I remember, um, in 2006, I had a leading of the Holy Spirit to go to a death metal concert in evangelism. Okay. okay. Come on. And um, I was like, okay, I was, I was going home, man. I found the best Bible tracks. Okay. They had like 
uh, Jimi Hendrix and, uh, you know, Jim Morrison and all these dead rock stars. Right. Yeah. And, and in the center was a picture with a question mark, you know, yeah. like you, you, who are you, you know? And I was like, this is the perfect Bible track. I'm going to go, I'm going to worship in the parking lot. You know, I'm going to praise God in the back of my beat, you know, have a, have a sound system blaring Jesus. And I'm going to talk to people all night long about eternal salvation. You know, and yeah. um, and and if I'm led to share my story of sex, drugs and rock and roll and, you know, they can relate to it. OK, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm telling God all these things I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I get there and I've got like 200 Bible tracks, you know, and I'm I'm ready to just, you know, do on my mission. OK. Right. And um, they won't let me in. <laughs> <laughs> Because I told them, I, I I said, I want to be able to um, openly pass these things out. Are you guys okay with that? And they're like, no, no. Yeah. You know, they said, we have to get permission from the artist. And I'm going, I don't think they're going to want me talking about Jesus or death metal. You know, I don't think they're really going to do that. So I stayed in the outer courts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I stayed out in the outside. And so I had all these Bible tracks and I, and they, as long as I wasn't passing them out inside the gate, it was okay. Yeah. And I had no desire to listen to the music because it was really heavy stuff and, yeah. and so forth. So I'm out there and I'm, and my friend needs me and she's, you know, she came. Well, it all came down to two people. The Lord was trying to speak to that day. And wow. when I shut down my agenda, okay, I'm sure he wanted to speak to a whole lot of other people, but through me, Okay. Yeah. It's just two people. And so I, I, there was this young man on the back of his truck sitting with the tailgate down and I'm walking by and I had a bottle of Arizona tea. Yeah. And if you guys remember the stress tea used to have that label, it almost looks like an alcoholic beverage label because yeah. it was like gold and kind of like cool lettering and stuff. And this young man says to me, what are you drinking? And I said, Oh, well, I'm drinking the new wine, you know? I said, let me tell you about the new wine. And he's like, no, your bottle, what are you talking about? New wine. And I said, oh, I'm drinking from the fountain of the, of the Holy Ghost, you know? And he just looked at me really weird. And I was like, you know, of course, my religious self asked, you know, responding yeah. to some great theological thing or whatever, you know? And so, and I was like, and the Lord said, he, he's, he's one, go, go hang out with them. And I'm like, okay. So I go over and I said, so what's going on, man? And he's like, well, I was supposed to meet my friends here and uh, none of them are here. Do you have, a, you know, I said, what do you, he goes, and I lost my cell phone. I said, what would you like to use my cell phone to call them? And he said, no, because all their numbers were stored in my phone and I don't even know their numbers. Oh my and then, then he says to me, uh, he said, what did you mean the new wine? And I said, wow. well, I was talking about the Holy spirit. And he's like, what do you mean Holy spirit? And I said, well, you know, it's something that when you become a born again Christian, you're led by the Holy Spirit. He comes, the paraclete comes to live on the inside of you and it leads you and guides you into all truth. And so I'm just trying to be led and guided and shut me down and allow him to move. And I said, and he actually told me to come back here and talk to you. And he, and the guy starts weeping. Wow. And he says to me, he goes, I don't even know why I'm here. He goes, I was, he goes, I woke up crying this morning. He goes, I was raised in church. And he goes, and I've been hanging around with these people. All they want to do is drink and drug. And he goes, they were supposed to meet me here tonight. He goes, and I lost my phone. And he goes, and I'm here and I don't know where they're at. He goes, but I was asking God this morning, Lord, if you're real, you're going to show me that you're real. Come and I'm on. just like, I'm going, my gosh, if I would have got through that gate, 
with all of my tracks and all my religious mindset of how this was going to go down, this young man, I would never have met him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, it's like, go God. So anyway, so I ended up, you know, leading, he, he, he rededicates his life to the Lord right there on the back of the pickup truck and he's taking off and leaving and he's going to go connect with his old Christian friends, you know? Wow. Like, oh, Come on. So, so then we leave there, right? And we get to a restaurant where the waitress comes up and I've made it a habit over the years as led to say, hey, we're going to bless our food. Is there anything we can pray for you about? Right. You know, which is a great way to open the door. If you're looking for a natural, I believe that, you know, like you said, the purity of evangelism is the gospel. But I believe that God uses open doors for us to enter in. And if we start in the natural and connect Correct. with them and then switch to the spiritual, then yes. it's digestible. If we start with the Correct. spiritual, you know, I mean, sometimes this, this crazy young man is enough to say, you know, new wine, well, you know, I, you know, but I let off the wrong way, but God meets us. And yeah. whenever we allow him to flow. So my friend, Michelle starts to talk to this woman and we're, you know, we're ready. She starts, she starts crying and, you know, she's in a situation where she's left an abusive marriage and her cars broke down all this stuff and everything. So obviously we tipped her really well that night. We really blessed her, you know, yeah. in the natural to show her the provision of God. Correct. But we let her know that God cared about her and he's seen her enough to send us to pray for her. Right. And so it's things like this, when we allow Holy Spirit to lead instead of our mission, our, you know, being like, okay, God, here's what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. I've learned the hard way. So have you found that to be true where you go out and you're thinking God's going to do something one way and he flips the script completely? Yes, especially when all of your equipment no longer works. I mean, <laughs> so whenever whenever I first got saved, we did a project called uh, 365 and it was one painting a day for one year, right? So um, at the end of this year, we put all of our work in a gallery and we um, bought the street in front of the gallery and said, okay, we're gonna do this whole concert and everything. And, um, and the day comes and it's raining. And so they could not do this concert in the street and everybody's packed into the gallery and we're all like, who are you? You know, like it's, it was definitely not COVID friendly. And so, you know, we're, we're all stuck in this gallery. And I just remember having so many encounters in that, you know, you're like, you're stuck face to face with people, but there was so many encounters there and you didn't need the music and you didn't need the break dancers and you didn't need, you know, the tap dancers. It was like, let's just enjoy the person in front of us. And I remember mm -hmm. being upset, not that it was shut down, but that everybody who came to do the outside portion left. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm like, is rain gonna, you know, like is rain, rain, made you guys walk away like there's still outreach to happen come in the gallery get an umbrella out and walk down the street like you know whatever you know adapt and um because I, I love the rain so i can do anything in the rain but um <laughs> but i remember that night just taking a group of maybe like four or five guys and we just walked down the street and then we just got on our knees and started weeping and praying and mm. i that moment wouldn't have happened if there was a concert outside it wouldn't have happened you know if if there was entertainment and a ton of people, but I, I look back and I look at photos of that night and I realize the people that I was on my knees with are still following the Lord and they were new believers at the time. I remember a girl walking up who was uh, coming out of the club. Um, she used to be part of the church and we just sat with her on the steps, you know, in the rain 
and just enjoyed her company. And to this day, she's she's a believer walking out for the Lord. And and uh, you see like like relationships that were birthed in that moment, even if they didn't become believers, but you see that years later, they're like, I remember 365. I remember that happening. I remember playing the flute next to a guitarist and I don't even, you know, like it was just cool how it all, the inconvenience made for really great moments. Wow, I love that. I know so many times that whenever something in the natural shifts, we have to be still to find out what is happening in the spiritual. Right. And so God was doing a new thing that night. He was, you yes. know, definitely working. Okay. So we know that our number one, you know, thing is to be authentic. Yes. Connectable um, to that person. What about in situations like you mentioned the gay culture, because you came right. out of that. And so how do people, uh, because people are, can be really abrasive. Okay. Uh, and my thing is, is, you know, I'm very, I try to be very sensitive to the fact that if someone sends different than me, that that doesn't make them, you know, I mean, that's where they're at and right. meet them where they're at because thank the Lord, somebody met me in my mess. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how do, how do people approach that situation without coming off? You know, there's that fine line of, um, loving people but like we had talked about before sometimes people love so much that they're not willing to be true and honest about certain things sure. how do you evangelize with the um with the with the community sometimes i really enjoy again like you said you kind of trick the enemy the enemy thinks he knows how the war is gonna go and so he has all <laughs> those things prepared so it's really fun to do the what's not obvious, you know, like I love walking up to a transgender like uh, in in Colombia. We we're there's this guy. His name is. Um, OK, I won't say his name for his sake, but he's a <laughs> transgender uh, prostitute. And so I'll go up to him and be like, so how was your day? You know, and you just like you just start a conversation and you're like, uh, you know, and you're like, did you eat today? How was it? Was it tasty? Like, and you just have fun, like, you know, enjoy the conversation you're having with the person in front of you. And what's really cool is every time I talk to them, he allows me to call him by his male name. Um, I'm the only person allowed. And we always talk about the Lord. I'm like, did you go to church this week? Did you, you know, like, did you connect with your mom or, you know, you find those things that are real in their lives mm -hmm. and, and if you can enjoy someone, then they'll allow you into those real moments, you know? So it's like, you're not only the religious talker, you're also a friend. And I think approaching mm -hmm. people as, as a friend, Jesus was a friend of sinners. He sat with the tax collectors. He sat with different people of different cultures that everybody else was like, why are you with these people? And it's like, he, he befriended people. And I think mm -hmm. if, if you can learn to just be a good friend, even if it's just in the moment, I like my number one goal is to make anyone at any moment feel like family. And um, so like my new question more recently is how was your week? No one ever expects that question. You know, you say, how are you? They say good. And they walk away. Or you're right. like, how was your day? It's good so far. Walk away. Or you say, how was your week? Somehow they, they're like, let me think about that. Let me think of something that actually happened. And when you make real conversation, you make real connection. So it's not just the obvious, think of what's not obvious, go past what, what is the obvious sin and, and go to something else. Like, you know, 
start with a compliment if you have to. I love your pink hair, even if it's a guy. You know, like, <laughs> I love your fashion sense is so interesting. You know, like, think of something that you can connect with that you actually do admire about the person and then go from there, you know? And if wow. they allow, they, they'll allow a little bit of God from someone who loves, you know? They, they won't, you know, the way that we assume is the way that they assume. And we, they assume what a religious person is, what they're going to say. They anticipate their words. Oh, this, the conversation's going to come to this point. And we do the same thing. And we premeditate everything we're going to say instead of enjoying the moment and looking for those open doors. Wow, that's really good. You know, because we want to be prepared yes. spiritually. Correct. But but to premeditate and script everything, if they say this, I'm going to say that, we're not being dependent on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows them. Right. And is, is, is after them. And so it all comes down to y'all that are watching. And, you know, just to recap, we need to be authentic and, and, and real. And then we also have to be spirit led. What else do you think is another important ingredient to have as we're trying to reach the culture outside so, of us? So, okay. So now we have authentic connection. We have enjoying the moment. Those are all human things. And we don't want yes. to just stop at, at human gospel. Like, you know, like right. this is a supernatural gospel that brings supernatural yes. transformation. So yes. your next point is, does your life demonstrate something supernatural? Mm. You know, like, and that's a good evaluating cr a question is, do does the life that I live, does, does my marriage reflect something supernatural? Mm -hmm. Does my job, the way that I handle my job reflect something supernatural is, you know, think about and evaluate your life and see, does it, is it different than the rest of the world? Is it set apart? Is it holy? Um, and holy unto the Lord is like, he's supernatural. So I'm supernatural. What does that look like? And so, you take it further. So you're like, I made a human connection. I made a real connection. And I want to casually throw in the supernatural because supernatural should be casual for every Christian. That's right. right. You know? Yes. And, and I think a lot of times we mystify. Um, we want to love somebody so much that we mystify the spiritual and we say, oh, you know, I don't want to be too spiritual. Well, then you're denying your true identity, which is you are supernatural. <laughs> And I think that was when I started to experience more freedom is when I admitted to the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm supernatural. Like my identity is supernatural. My personality is supernatural. My gifts are supernatural. Like this is not normal. And, uh, and the call on my life is not normal. And mm -hmm. I can make human connections because I'm a human, but I'm, I can also make divine connections because the divine is in me. And so I, I think that's, what sets us apart is we we have power from the lord to resurrect the dead things we can we can say the very same words the world is saying but our words break eternal difference you know so it's like yes i can say love your neighbor just like somebody in the world but when i say love your neighbor something changes in the atmosphere you know like mm -hmm. this should be our our natural habitat you know, yeah, the the supernatural for the Christian should be our natural habitat. And that is where the, the rubber meets the road between what is truly supernatural and what is religiosity, you know. Right. And so because the world has demonstrated so much religion, you know, and if you all are watching this, don't be offended by me using that term that way. Religion says you have to relationship says you get to the supernatural. I mean, it the fact that 
you wake up every morning. That is a supernatural thing. I mean, God breathed life into you and you are, you know, uh, so the human body is so complex and so wonderful. He did all these amazing things. And then yet he came to seek and save the lost and to renew us and put us in right standing with him. So we should be spirit led and there should be an element of supernatural uh, in the things that we say and the power of, you know, life and death is in the tongue. And yeah. so when we speak that out, you know, when we pray prophetically over someone, you know, I have people say all the time, they'll like be like, I've never heard someone pray like that before. And I'm like, well, it was not really me. Right. <laughs> you know, it was not me because in the natural, you know, apart from him, I'm really, I'm nothing. Okay. Right. There's nothing impressible about me whatsoever, but it is the drawing of the spirit. And I love, because I'm in a, I'm in a situation because of my network marketing company that I, I deal with a lot of people that are like real into new age. Okay. Yeah. And so, and they're always saying, I love your energy. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well the energy is, it's an infiltration of the Holy spirit. Really? You know? And so they recognize that they recognize that and they want that, but yet they don't want to lay down the, the sin nature. Right. You know, right. so there's that fine line. So what do we do as, you know, as we're walking this out as authentic believers, walking in 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 the the trueness of the gospel to reach the, this generation that is hurting so much, you know? Yeah. It's just they're hurting. People are hurting. Sure. And some people don't know they're hurting. You know, they've, they've come to grips with their situation and they feel like a, a victor in it. But I, again, I think no matter what the conversation is, always knowing as a believer, the core, which is sin nature needs to die. Well, not just sin nature, sin nature will die when sin, the curse of sin is broken. So really knowing that that's, that's like the, the crux of everything uh, is that Jesus came and he atoned for our sins and he died and he resurrected, you know, all this stuff, like, like it's, to break the curse of sin. You know, for me, yes. when I when I was growing up in church, I kept trying to be righteous while being unrighteous. So I my identity was unrighteous because I was not saved. And I was trying to be righteous because I knew that's how I was supposed to be. And it was exhausting. Yes. And when God came into my life at 19 and he explained to me, no, I want to make you righteous. And then you'll just simply learn what that looks like. Mm. It made life easier. And I think a lot of people are like, I can't be righteous, so just walk away. And it's like, well, let me show you how to break the curse of sin and who comes to, to save your, your soul and your heart. And then start from there. Like, you know, like that's, he makes you fully righteous and fully holy. And now you're going to learn what that looks like. It won't be exhausting. Um, it's, yeah. it's a natural process of sanctification. But yeah, connecting with people for me is... I, I have seen working in missions, um, not from my team. My team is really good, but we've crossed paths with lots of missionaries over time. We've seen a lot of different um, ways of doing it. And sometimes, you know, you'll know somebody by what they say and they'll be like, you know, oh, we saw this many people saved today and we saw this many healings. And then I'll go out with that person and be like, then we got to do evangelism together. Like, this is awesome. Like, let's go do kingdom work. And when you get out there and you realize they're bombarding people, and forcing them to say, I will follow Jesus. 
and they walk, they come to you and they're like, see that person received. And I'm like, no, that person wanted to curse you out and go back to work. But to get you off their back, they said, I received Jesus. And you're, you're thinking this is salvation. It's like, no. So I really believe that if we consider ourselves to be uh, true believers and true followers and true disciples, then they will know us because we've walked with him. They will know us by our love for one another. Like yeah. it, like, and you watched my wife's interview yesterday. We yes, should radiate it's so good. that hope. You know, like yes. radiating hope is some is a supernatural part of our lifestyle. I remember um, I went to a game night with a friend, and there was a lady outside uh, who said um, she was only speaking Spanish. She was sweeping her yard, her porch, and we walk by and she screams, she yells something in Spanish and she goes into her house. And I asked my friends who is a Spanish speaker. I was like, what's, what happened? What did she say? She said that when she looked into your eyes, Antonio, she saw Jesus and wasn't ready to repent and ran inside. Mm, and it's wow. like, this is the, the radiating hope we have on us. Um, if anybody loves the chosen show, I love how they portray it there. The, the demoniac comes to the disciples and he's like, I can smell him on you. You yeah, know, the enemy yeah. <laughs> should smell, you know, should yes, feel the aroma God. of Christ. <laughs> yes, or aka the vibe, right? As you were saying, another one is the aura. Uh, yes, we were in downtown Orlando, and I, I was a very young and very open, radical believer in, in a good way, but I mean, I, I had no filter for anything. So, one particular <laughs> night, uh, me and a bunch of friends, we stood outside the clubs and as they were closing, we were blessing people on their way home, praying they would get home safe and you know, all that stuff. And I start getting hit by the Holy Ghost and all I can scream, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, joy, 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 <laughs> like give them real joy. And I'm screaming and people are just walking by like, who the heck is this guy and what is he doing? Because I'm on the floor and I'm just like rocking joy. And like, it was just so um, awkward. But when I was done and I wasn't screaming anymore, there was this lesbian couple that walked by and one of the girls, she says, she like shakes her head and she's like, what happened over here? Like, I can feel something happened, you know, or whatever. And so I, I opened my eyes and I'm like, it's Jesus. Like, yeah, like it was like one of those, I was such a hippie. And, uh, and I tell her, I'm like, it was Jesus. It's the spirit of God. And she's like, then we need to go. And she grabs her girlfriend's hand and she, she runs off. And as they're running, I say, wait, wait, wait. Like, can I at least give you a hug? Like, you know, like, you don't have to be afraid of his spirit. Like, can I give you a hug? Yeah. And the, the one who recognized the spirit of God got angry and left. And the girlfriend stayed and she walked over to me for a hug. And mm -hmm. again, Point being, people should feel the spirit of God on you. That is part of your supernatural call. And it, it's part of your aura. Like it's, as the world says, it's part of your vibe. It's part, it's who you are. You should be radiating Christ everywhere you go. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of connection is that people want to connect because you're approachable like Jesus. You know, you're mm -hmm. bold like Jesus. You, you point things out like Jesus and yet it's life giving. It's not killing them. It's, you know, there's yeah. something... There's something about Jesus that he resurrects dead things. He doesn't, he, like he kills the sin and yet resurrects hope, like in the same breath. And so it's, it's really asking God for that voice, those words, that tone. Like, I want to be like Jesus, not, not just like a nice Christian or one who connects well, not cool Antonio. I want to be <laughs> like Christ. And that, that should just be our goal. If we're like him, we'll yeah. do it.
Yeah, that should be our daily thing is to more of him and less of us and yeah. and being able to walk that out. So I'm glad you mentioned the interview last night. I love that when she said that I was like, I want a T-shirt that says hashtag radiate, uh, radiate joy or no hope. Yeah, hope, radiate hope. Yes, radiate hope. I was like, man, that's exactly what we need. But, you know, and I think that a lot of that comes from recognizing that this whole thing is bigger than us yeah. and getting our mind off of us. And we live in a sy world. We live in a selfie world. We live, it's all about, you know, the world tells us, you know, it's all about what you feel and following your dreams and, you know, following your heart. And I don't mean the heart, like you're talking about the sure. heart of man, I mean, you know, because the Bible talks about the heart being wicked, you know, I mean, it's yeah. got to have some junk in there, but that God taking that, that stony heart and turning it into a heart of flesh and moldable yeah. and shapeable to be used as a vessel for him. And so what we're talking about when we're talking about reaching the culture is actually counter culture to what we see. It's that, that upside down kingdom of what the world says, what the kingdom says. And that's why it's so important for us to connect the connection chat with the father. And that's what we're going to talk about next y'all next month. I'm going to have Antonio back and we're going to talk about on the connection chat. How do we connect with the father? We know, you know, of course you've been told read your Bible, you know, listen to Christian music, go to Christian events and things like that. But we're going to talk about cultivating an intimacy with the father. Yeah. And allowing him in and allowing him to use you. Does that sound like a good topic next month, Antonio? I love it. I love it. <laughs> It'll be a good challenge. I love it. I love yeah. it. So any final words for the audience today? Let's see. I'm going to read my notes. Um, okay. Here are some easy tips for evangelism and connection. So Excellent. do not assume the conversation. Have a conversation. Um, don't always have all the answers. Have a lot of questions. Um, find out what is godly about somebody and focus on that and, and inspire that to, to come forth. Um, even if they're the most ungodly person. Oh, that, that reminds me in Colombia when we were, one of my points was when we were talking to the, uh, the criminals there and they were trying to rob us. I was like, man, you guys have more respect than American criminals. At this point, we would have been dead in the process, but you guys said, sir, can I have your watch? It was great. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, so they didn't understand how to take a compliment, but it was good. It was good. Um, find <laughs> common ground. Um, everybody has common ground. And if you don't have common grounds, have fun with that. Like, enjoy the fact that you have nothing in common, you know, like make jokes about it. So um, demonstrate the supernatural and abundant life within casual conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, the world is watching to see how you suffer. You know, is it different from when they suffer? And they want to know, do you handle things differently? Do you war differently than they do? Because uh, um, that's, Everybody assumes how religion's going to war. Everybody assumes how the world's going to war, but but Christ wars differently. And um, and so those were like a couple things that I've just learned over the years for practical connection and demonstration. Um, and of course, you know, like being totally imperfect helps with conversation too. Like, you know, showing right. that you are imperfect, that you're in need of the savior that you follow that you're in need of the Lord that you follow. It's like, I need Jesus. And that's that also sets me apart is I, I need him. Like he, he didn't just come once, I need him every day. And making that, that is part of our authenticity. 
Wow, that's so good. And this is the part of the video where I am telling you guys to hit pause, rewind and listen to those again over and over again and get those down in your spirit because those are excellent points and excellent tips. And those will help you, especially maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you're like, you know, I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to talk to people. Mm. I feel awkward in these situations. Go back and take notes. OK, rewind, yeah. pause, write it down. Listen, write it down. Listen, write it down over and over again until it gets down in your spirit. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and you're like, I don't ever, I've never really led anyone to the Lord. Yeah. Then it's time for you to start to look around you and see um, that the earth is crying out. People are, they're in need of a savior and we're all in need of a savior. And also if you are a person that does actively do this, take heed to some of those tips because I might wanting to be breathing something fresh into you that where you have been like Tony and Tony and I have said, like, you know, where we've been in places where we had no filter, you know, early on fire, you know, I mean, I was, I was like that too, Antonio. So don't feel bad. I was like, <laughs> Whoa, you know, <laughs> and so, um, in, in being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and recognizing that God doesn't, he doesn't put everything in order the way we think it should go. These are not like a checklist for you. These are recommendations for you to consider. And I love the point that you made about asking a lot of questions. That's good communication. Yeah. You know, because yeah. people, people love to talk about themselves if you give them the opportunity. And so by asking questions, it draws out of them and it makes them more comfortable to communicate. And then you have something to go on, you know? I mean, if you if you don't know them from Adam's house, cat, you're gonna have to ask some questions to find out. Where yeah. are you from, you know? Are, are you married? You know, you got kids, you know? Where do you, do you worship? Where do you worship? Is there any good churches around here? If you're in a different geographic area, whatever. Whatever it is to open them up and make them feel the love of Christ because they're going to feel it if you're walking in the spirit and you know and and that's another thing that and and that comes back to the intimacy thing that we're going to talk about next time is making sure your tank is full mm -hmm. because when you think about a gas tank in a car when it gets down close to E it starts to and I don't know if this is true or not but I've always been told never let your car get down to a quarter of a tank because it starts drawing dirt into the you know it's working mm -hmm. it's drawing dirt in there and we don't want to give we constantly allow the spirit got to be flowing through us and dealing with our own stuff and you know we all have to deal with this we all you know have to deal with anger and you know the enemy trying to come in with unforgiveness or bitterness and all of these root issues that can take a place so if you are a Christian watching this and you feel that you've got all of these areas go to the father and allow him to clean you up and fill you up because as you are full you will give from that overflow yeah. and you won't be pulling all those toxic things into an, a, a vessel to flow into you know because you you know god showed me years ago when i first started counseling he told me you can hurt as many people as you can help and i was like what does that mean and, and I recognize that there were areas of my life that were triggers and things that I had to go back and revisit and deal with so yeah. that whenever someone was sitting there pouring out their heart about the abuse they were going through, I wasn't like, slit their throat, you know? Uh, I mean, you yeah, know because the flesh wants to do that and the enemy's constantly coming through. You know, and John 10, 10 talks about the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. And Jesus came so we can have life. And that old man 
tries to resurrect itself, right? And he doesn't, he doesn't stop. But as the, like you said, the sanctification process takes time over years and things that bothered you last year don't bother you anymore. And things that bothered you five years ago, it doesn't matter anymore. Things that happened 10 years ago, you're going, God, thank you, because I overcame that. Now I can help someone else go through that. And so we have to do our temple maintenance. You know, I mean, the temple, the Holy Spirit, you know, are, are taking care of our temple, obviously yeah. the body. But we have to make sure our soulless ram is in check before we go out. And so that we don't become that uh, bullhorn person, you yeah. know, or that critical judgmental person. So it's always to make sure that we're operating as a full vessel. Do you want to add to that, Antonio? I know you got some great wisdom when it comes to that. Oh. I, I just as you're hearing it, I'm learning too, you know, because I I'm I have my own walk, and uh, this week was full of imperfections, and so I'm like, man, as a believer, my imperfections also point to the Perfector, you know, like mm -hmm. that's again, like it should always point me back, like I'm always yes. gonna end up. My default is in His arms. My default mm -hmm. is with the Lord, and. Um, and I think that also sets us apart, you know, from the world. So the world will run away from God but we are those who run to God, you know? And so it's, I, I just really want to learn when I'm talking to people, cause I've been asking myself questions. I've been asking the Lord questions. Like, am I doing this right? I don't want to walk in vain. I don't want to be so mm -hmm. personable that I lose the power of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to rid the gospel of, of transformative power. I don't want to come up with a new, you know, theology that, that fits the current day narrative and current culture. I, I want to know how this all fits. And, um, and I see, I, I see myself at times, I see other leaders and I, I see us slipping, you know, slipping into the culture and yes. being like them. And so I think the main thing the Lord keeps reminding me of personally is remember who you are. You are supernatural. You are different. You are set apart. I have plans for you. I have plans to prosper you and not only you, but those that are going to be touched by you. Like I look mm -hmm. around and I'm like, my finances are for kingdom. My personality should be for kingdom. My words are for kingdom. Like everything I am is supposed to be in surrender. So when I become ordinary again and I think I'm ordinary, I'm in the wrong. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. there's there should be nothing ordinary about my life anymore, even if I am at a nine to five job. Like. I, I, I'll say this as my last thing. Um, I have been working, I've been a missionary for 11 years, but the past two years I've gotten a job. And I said, I need a breather from ministry and I need, I need sure. to work on my marriage because my marriage is falling apart and I need to go get a job to bring in some stable income and just work on my weaknesses. Yes. So, um, so during that time it was very difficult, but it, it blessed us tremendously. Here I am two years later, and I'm full time and I don't get to do the ministry things I want to do. And I don't get to do the film things I want to do. I don't get to paint as much as I want to. Like, I feel like, like ministry is being sucked out and the Lord is like, but you're right where I need you to be. And I'm like, okay. So recently I had just forgotten and I was reminiscing. I'm like, when I first started my job, it too was a mission field. And every single person heard the gospel and every single person knows my story here. And lately, I'm one of the people who are bringing up down the atmosphere in a bad way. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, why have I become like everyone else? I should be set apart. 
I don't care if there's other Christians here who are down. I should be up. Like, you know, like my role here is to bring kingdom, even if it's just practically. Like, you know, like if I bring kingdom, these are the things that happen. Then this is what God showed me. He's like, you're being a little complainer. Like, you know, like, like, <laughs> get out and like, you're bigger than this. You're more than this. If you stop complaining and you start being the one who brings in the positive vibes again, then you will increase business because people will want to come and shop at your store. You will increase business because people will want to come to work and they won't call out every two days. You know, you will increase business because you're you're encouraging your coworkers to do their work and to do it on time. Like, you know, like like me being in just a good mood and knowing that I'm there on purpose changes everything. And I'm like, and it even should bless my my business. And we used to pray every Monday morning. And they and one of our prayers was, God, we want to be the best store, you know, in the in the thing. And we are. And now it's like, it's crazy that that prayer came to pass. And it's like, I should be a vessel that people could come to me. And ever since I made that decision about maybe two weeks ago to shape up my attitude, nonstop, my coworkers have been coming and saying, hey, I have a, co I have a family member who has cancer. Can you pray for them? Mm -hmm. Hey, I have, um, uh, I have a pain in my leg. Can you pray for me? Like, and I'm like, the miracles took place the second I changed my mind. And I think that's as quick as repentance is, is forgive me for being ordinary. And uh, we're not ordinary. And, uh, and so, yeah, connect with people, be extraordinary. And um, whether you're living an ordinary life or not, you are still extraordinary and uh, you have power everywhere you go. Wow, that is so powerful. And I just want to encourage those of you that are feeling like you're in a nine to five or you're in the grind and you can't do ministry. Ministry is who you are. It's not what you do. Correct. It is literally listening to the Holy Spirit. And our first ministry is to our home. And so it blesses me, Antonio, that you said, hey, I'm going to focus on my marriage and I'm going to get a, you know, stability. You know, I mean, finances for those of you men watching. OK, security is a woman's number one need. And so that's a huge, you know, huge benefit and things like that. But it should not be just an ordinary job just because you don't have a pulpit or just because maybe you're not on an evangelistic team or you're not a missionary going to other countries does not mean that you cannot share your faith and share it effectively. Be filled up and allow him to use you. People are hurting and they're looking for an answer and you're carrying the spirit of you know, the same spirit that rise Christ from the dead is alive in you. Correct. And so you go be a world changer. So look forward to next month with you, Antonio. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For those of you watching this on social media, you feel free to put uh, any questions or comments in the chat stream. If you're watching this on Creative Motion Network, uh, we love you. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time here on Keys to Your Best Life. God bless. Bless you.